Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. everybody, welcome to Howard David Live. We'll take a bite of the Big Apple first with Greg Logan of New York Newsday who covers the Nets. Before we get that, and Greg and I were just talking before we came up about uh, the Patriots releasing Cam Newton. Took me by surprise, obviously, because I'm not there. But Mike Rice, who covers the Patriots for ESPN, said that he was not surprised. So obviously, it was in the works. And basically, the way I look at it, Greg, is that the, the performance of Mac Jones in the preseason gave Belichick belief that this kid could start right away. Yeah, and I, I guess you just have to assume that he felt if if that's the way he was going to go, then why have Newton sitting there looking over his shoulder yeah. and, and creating uh, some controversy that uh, maybe he felt they didn't need. So uh, obviously uh, I, it, it's just weird because I don't think Jones started during the preseason. And so uh, – uh, and yet, Belichick obviously saw enough to commit to him as a starter going forward uh, full time. And this is, a, this is a huge, huge step. But, you know, it's pretty hard to second guess Bill Belichick. No, that's true. And, and Newton was uh, playing with all the first team uh, offensive linemen, wide receivers, running backs, etc. during the preseason. So he got a shot uh, at, pu- at putting out his best foot forward. I mean, I'm going to miss his hats. Between me and you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I just, there are two different kinds of quarterbacks, you know. uh, I mean, Newton has the mobility, and and you just wonder if if the Patriots will miss that. But uh, uh, I just just feel Belichick must have liked the way uh, Jones gets the ball downfield. And, uh, uh, And he must want that you know, going forward with, with that team to maintain a more explosive offense. So uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how it works out, that's for sure. Well, it's going to be fascinating to see who who grabs him because, you know, somebody's going to, you know somebody's going to sign him. Somebody has to. You know, I, I've already seen speculation about the, the Washington football team, maybe uh, that he might be a fit there. But but you never know. You know, it's going to be a, a, a free-for-all, I think, to get him. Well, let's talk about uh, the Brooklyn Nets, and, and let me go right to the to uh, something that has not been resolved. Are the Nets finally going to part ways with DeAndre Jordan? I mean, he didn't play in the final 16 games of the regular season. He did not play in any of the 12 playoff games. Um, there's no, um, there's no, uh, they've had no luck at all in trying to trade him. So, what do you do? Do you just eat the 19.7 million dollars that he's due? I think they're going to have to. Uh, they're going to have to work out some sort of buyout because it's pretty clear there's just not a role for him uh, with his team. And and plus, I think they they want to give uh, Nick Claxton a chance to. I mean, Blake Griffin will be the starting center, but they want to give Nick Claxton a chance to uh, develop 
uh, behind him. And uh, who knows? It's LaMarcus Aldridge is out there. He's apparently going to return after uh, leaving the Nets because of heart problems uh, last season. Uh, but he might be available too. So that's another guy you might be able to plug in. Uh, to fill that uh, veteran backup role. So uh, there's just not a, a they don't feel uh, Jordan fits uh, uh, what they want to do. He, he doesn't have an outside shot. And I think they were, even though he had a spell last season where he was effective on defense, it kind of went away. And that's, and that's when he lost his spot in the rotation. And, he- uh, and, you know, he just never got it back, and and they they never put him in garbage time because you know they respect him as a veteran and who he's been in this league, and and uh, so they didn't ask him to play garbage time. So that was a big part of of not playing at all. But uh, but clearly uh, there just there there isn't a fit for him. So I uh, there's no point in allowing him to stay on just as as a friend of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I'm wondering um, if they gave the courtesy to Durant and Irving to say, hey, we're going to do this. I, I can't believe they wouldn't do it. And uh, I'm, I'm sure they do because they consult them in all those type of uh, personnel modes. They consulted them on, uh, on some of the people that, that, they're, that they're bringing in. And so, uh, uh, you know, like especially like bringing Blake Griffin back. So... I can't believe they wouldn't do it, and they just—they must have had to have some sort of discussion. Also with DJ, I'm sure DJ uh, let those two know, hey, you know, if if I don't fit here, you know, I'll just move on and and play someplace else. And you know, the rumors are that uh, uh, he conceivably could join the Lakers, so that would be a pretty nice landing spot. What do you do with the open roster spot? You mentioned LaMarcus Aldridge. Anybody, any other names come to mind? Well, there's LaMarcus Aldridge, and then, uh, you know, there's been a lot of speculation about uh, Kevin Love getting a buyout with the Cavaliers, and he's tight with Durant, and uh, knows Irving very well. And so, uh, you know, a lot of Nets fans really don't like the move because Kevin Love is kind of... Uh, uh, declined noticeably uh, lately and did not play well at the Olympics. And uh, uh, but you know he is a veteran. He has a relationship with these guys. Uh, he doesn't have to do it by himself. So that's a possibility that I don't think can can be discounted either. Especially because you you don't really know how the medical staff is going to look at Aldridge. Uh, you know, and and that risk. How big, uh, Greg, is the acquisition of Patty Mills? Huge. I think it's absolutely huge. And, you know, I talked to, I had the chance to talk to him uh, when when he did his introductory uh, uh, press conference for the Nets media last week. And uh, and I mentioned to him that, uh, you know, he he's averaged like, 8.9 8.9 points over his career and yet you think of him as an explosive scorer off the bench and he he had a, a very structured role uh, as six man with the Spurs for many years but then you see him with the Australian national team and he's he's given free reign on offense and he has 42 points in the bronze medal game and just really stepped up throughout the Olympics and so I asked him if this might be a better fit for him 
uh, with the Nets because he's going to get uh, a far more uh, free reign in their system to be himself. And he totally agreed with that. He said, you know, that that's what he liked about playing for the Australian national team is that he's allowed to be himself. And he said, you know, talking with Kevin Durant at the Olympics, you know, that's what he's going to get with the Nets. And so when you look at him coming off the bench as a Nets six man, you know, behind Irving and Harden, that is an unbelievable uh, addition. And then the Nets like to use Harden. They, they like to replace him first uh, among the guards and then bring him back with the uh, second unit. So you could have, you'll have Harden working with Patty Mills out there. And that's just going to be a devastating combination. I mean, I don't know what kind of, and, and the other thing, Sean Marks, uh, the GM pointed out that uh, it go, gets overlooked, but he says uh, Mills is a very tenacious defender, and he gets into guys. And so, uh, you know, they're not going to suffer defensively with Patty Mills. Uh, I mean, he's he's undersized, maybe at six one, but you know, he's full of energy, and you can certainly see that in the Olympics. Uh, he's he's turning thirty three, uh, so he's he's up there. But uh, I think he's still got a lot left in the tank, and it's just a, an ideal fit uh, with this Nets team. Yeah, I, uh, look, there's no question about how well coached he's been with oh. under Popovich, so uh, that's not even an issue. Uh, James Harden, I read something today, uh, basically is throwing the gauntlet down uh, as if to warn the rest of the NBA that we're going to be tough to deal with. Yeah, you know, the whole question is health you know can they stay healthy and Harden has been healthy through most of his career you know this past season was just the uh, exception you know Kyrie he's had his issues uh, in recent years and that's for sure so you know there's a lot of question marks about him but you know people have been noticing on social media how fit Harden looks uh, this summer and uh, he looks like he's coming to uh, camp with a purpose, and he, he was smart to avoid the Olympics and, and get his hamstring uh, back to in good health and good shape. And then, you know, Durant was obviously dominant in the playoffs for the Nets and dominant in the Olympics for the U.S. Olympic team, so you just want him to, to stay healthy as well. And, and if, if they do, they're, they're going to be impossible to deal with. I just think they're they're so deep, and they've got uh, a very solid bench uh, coming behind those guys. Uh, so, so uh, you know, it, the East is much much better this year. But uh, but I I can't help but believe that the Nets are still the the class of the conference. Now I would I would agree. He's Greg Logan of New York Newsday would taking a bite of the Big Apple with Greg. I'll even go so far as to say, and I wouldn't have said this before the Olympics. But now I'm going to say it. Uh, uh, Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA, the uh, best player in the world. Uh, with all due respect to Giannis, who's, who's becoming the greatest player, but that's going to take a little time. Kevin Durant pro has proven that he is, with beyond a shadow of a doubt, uh, the best player in the NBA. And I don't even think there's a debate. I, I agree. And you know who, who actually said something similar was Giannis. Uh, he said it during the playoffs that he felt Ke Kevin Durant was the best player in the NBA. And uh, and we certainly saw that at the Olympics. 
you know, just how uh, incredible he was, how he took over there uh, against some great lineups at a time when people thought the U.S. might be vulnerable. They lost those two exhibition games, uh, but uh, but when he, when a when the chips were down and they had to have it, man, did he step in there and, and just take over there? And there, it, it just wasn't any question uh, who the dominant player was at the Olympics. Uh, so, you know, he, he's he's in the mode right now where uh, this is a very important time for him uh, because they made this move to join Brooklyn two years ago, and uh, and he had the injury the first year, couldn't play. Uh, was a part-time player last year, so now they really, if they really have to put the pedal to the metal uh, this coming season, and there's just absolutely no doubt, ba- no doubt, you know what they're coming to work for, and uh, and they they need they have something to prove, and Kevin Durant when he has something to prove, that's a powerful force. Let me ask you. You mentioned Kyrie Irving before. <clears throat> Kyrie Irving scares me <clears throat> because. There always seems to be something else that occupies his time. I saw that in Cleveland. Uh, that was his reputation in Boston uh, to the point of where they would, when he left the Celtics, they basically gave him a going away party, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I don't know what it is. He just seems to have an agenda. Uh, do you see that? Well, there's no doubt that uh, he's very... Uh, uh, socially aware you know about a variety of political issues you know he's been outspoken on uh, twitter he's he his mother uh it was a member of the sioux nation uh she's deceased now but uh, he recently uh spent some time uh and and actually was inducted into the tribe Hmm. uh, uh this summer and so these issues are very significant to him all the, you know, he took time off after the uh, the January 6th uh, insurrection prior to the inauguration, the Capitol demonstrations, you know, and because he was upset about that, upset about, you know, various Black Lives Matter uh, causes. And so he's, he definitely uh, is not just, the, he's not narrow, narrowly focused on the NBA. And so sometimes, you know, it has gotten in the way of, you know, his commitment that is expected on the court. Uh, at the same time, uh, as long as he was healthy last year, he had a phenomenal season. He was uh, 40% from three, 50% overall shooting, 90% at the line, and cl- and approached his career highs if, if didn't, if he didn't get them, he, he was right on the cusp of them all across the board. So uh, you can't deny his talent or his handle, that's for sure. And uh, so uh, you just hope you get as much of that Kyrie Irving as, as possible and, and you live with the rest. Let's go across the river to the Knicks. Uh, okay. As you well know, the uh, when Knicks fans get a little something to chew on, it turns into well, winning the championship. No, this is the next. This is the next great thing. And so, the when they acquired Kemba Walker, uh, he became. This is the final piece. And I alert Nick fans to the fact that Kemba Walker has missed fifty-five games in the last two years. Now, right. having said that, uh, if healthy, 
And he's got that balky knee. He had the same problem in Boston, and that's basically why they shipped him out. But having said that, at least they have an insurance policy, and that's Emmanuel Quickly. Uh, so he and Derrick Rose, if Walker misses a bunch of games, at least they have a couple of point guards which to choose from. If Kemba Walker's healthy, then yes, they, they are going to be better. But what they accomplished last year by getting fourth in the East, it's going to be much more difficult. You've already mentioned it. The East is not only tougher, it's deeper. And teams like Miami in particular and Boston uh, and Indiana with Rick Carlisle now as a coach, all of a sudden they become uh, more relevant than they were last year. And let us not forget Atlanta. And certainly Nick fans haven't forgotten about the Atlanta Hawks. Well, I, I do think it's going to be tough to get that four position that they got last year. But at the same time, you know, uh, I think they had a great offseason. I feel like uh, they addressed the issues they needed to address. You can say they're taking a, a shot with Kemba Walker, but, you know, it's it's such a – maybe I just appreciate the story, you know, that Kemba grew up in the Bronx, a Knicks fan, and now he's basically coming home. He's going to be playing in front of friends and family. And I happen to cover – uh, the amazing run that he and UConn made to the uh, the championship of the NCAA his senior year, uh, and that run began at, at the Garden in the uh, in the Big East tournament, and uh, where they had to to play an extra qualifying game, and uh, he was just phenomenal, and and so the combination of Kemba Walker and the Garden, you know, is a, is a pretty uh, pretty exciting thing for Knicks fans to anticipate uh, they'll be keeping their fingers crossed about the health of that knee and all that stuff but uh, but it's really an upgrade as far as I'm concerned if they get a vintage Kemba and then as you say you know they extended uh, Derek Rose and and he had a really I don't know if you would call it an underrated season last year but he played a huge role for them off the bench and so that's a former mvp who yes he's limited now he's 32 but uh he played just an invaluable role veteran leadership and then as you mentioned you've got to like what you've seen from quickly uh so far in his uh his brief career and uh, and then you know in the uh in the draft they got a kid out of West Virginia in the second round named Miles McBride, who had a really strong uh, summer league performance. Okay, it's 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 summer league, but you know he, it just showed some potential. And then and then you figure you put all this stuff in the hands of Tom Thibodeau, you know, directing everything. You've got Julius Randle extended, Mitchell Robinson back. You know, I, I just think they're in a, a really good position uh to compete this year and and so we say that it'd be tough to hang on to that four spot but i think they're going to be uh uh pretty a pretty tough out you know it just depends on on how things shake out across the rest of the conference yeah and let us not forget evan fournier uh, oh, who's got an, who, excellent yeah he's excellent player yeah he's uh, he's got range uh, and, he, and he makes them even more dangerous from the perimeter. Uh, they, they, had a, they lose Reggie Bullock, 
who said, uh, you know, he said in his words, this is a no-brainer for me to leave the Knicks. So I don't know what he meant by that, but he's, he was a starter. Uh, and I thought he was a very, very valuable player. Uh, having said all of that, uh, I would agree with what you said. Uh, I, I think that uh, the Atlanta Hawks, what they did to the Knicks last year, didn't surprise me. It surprised a lot of Knicks fans because they didn't expect it. And oh, by the way, now you can throw away all your Reggie Miller voodoo dolls. And now <laughs> Trey Young is the new enemy of the people. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he uh, he has uh, some quirks, you know, that uh, rub people the wrong way. And, you know, it's interesting. They're, they're talking about uh, adjusting the rules this year uh, to make sure that the guys are – are making real basketball moves to draw a foul. And Trey Young is one of the guys who's notorious for flopping and doing all this stuff to, to get to the foul line. And he's been expert at it. Uh, uh, but I'll be interested to see uh, how the, the new rules affect his game in, in that regard. But at the same time, you know, you got to give him credit for what he did last year in leading that Atlanta team to such a surprising finish and, and very strong. But I, I actually think their team that's going to have trouble uh, maintaining their status. Really? Uh, I, I, you know, they're good. They're athletic. I just don't feel as though uh, they they did that much to get better in the offseason as compared to the Knicks. And uh, so, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see uh, how that works out. But you're right about the, the comparison of uh, – uh, Trey Young to Reggie Miller. Yeah, I covered those those Reggie Miller games, and oh, they used to hate him. And but it, it was funny because he'd go back and forth with Spike Lee on the sidelines. So I don't think uh, Young and Lee have that relationship yet. Yeah, well, the the Hawks did re-sign John Collins to an extension, uh, five years at about 125 mil. Uh, the team, the two teams that that are interested to me in the East, Miami's one with the addition of Kyle Lowry. That is huge. Plus, they get P.J. Tucker from the Bucks, which will help their defense, and occasionally he'll knock down the corner three. So, uh, I don't, ex- you know, Jimmy Butler missed 24 games last year. That was big. Uh, and they've extended him to a max contract. Uh, they they uh, extended Duncan Robinson. They pick up Markeith Morris. So, I look, I knew Pat Riley wasn't going to sit still. That's not who he is. So I look for Miami to return to where they were two years ago and be very, uh, very instrumental in the outcome of the East. I totally agree with you. And, and then, of course, they also have Olympian uh, Bam Adebayo uh, on that front line with uh, Butler. And, and that is formidable as heck. And then you, you get Kyle Lowry, who, is, who plays both ends, and, and put his experience with that group. That's, that's a really, really... Uh, a solid group and and you know again i i think it's one of those signings that has that could be overlooked but markeith morris is just a really solid tough veteran and so so what you have there is is just this uh level of toughness uh i that's the team i look for to come up and and uh, and challenge the Nets, you know, of course, along with the Bucks and and the 76ers and so on. But that's the team I, that I look to to advance uh, in the East and, and kind of you know regain their effectiveness, especially you know assuming Butler is, is healthy. Well, the other team too is in the Indiana Pacers. Uh, they have a good roster. They were riddled with injuries last year, but 
They had all kinds of distraction with the whole chaos about the coaching. Uh, and, uh, I mean, you, you, you let a really good coach walk out the door, and he does a great job with Atlanta. Uh, but now here's Indiana with Rick Carlisle, who I think, my money, top five coach in the NBA. I think he makes the Pacers better. Yeah, he's excellent. He really is. Uh, you know, it. I, I was a little puzzled. I guess, uh, you know, uh, Doug McDermott got a really good offer uh, from the Spurs to go join them. And I was, I, I don't know what all the cap issues were there as far as letting him go. But to me, that was, that was a loss. You know, uh, they did re-sign T.J. McConnell to serve as their backup point guard, you know, and, and then... You know they still got uh, Sabonis and and Malcolm Brogdon and and uh, and they got Justin Holiday. Uh, Miles Turner is 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 tough. Uh, you know they lost uh, Thaddeus Young, but but then they have Karis LeVert, former Net, right. and uh, and he's he's just absolutely ready to come into his own, and he showed it last year once he returned. Uh, to the court and and then they've added that they've got jeremy lamb too so they definitely have some firepower that's that's a that's a very solid roster for sure um uh, let me ask you about uh, dennis schroeder dennis schroeder i don't want him to be my cpa okay Let, let's just make, <laughs> let's make that eminently clear however i think it's fair to say that if he behaves himself and he's had some issues in other stops but if he behaves himself he can help the boston celtics Absolutely. You know, he, he is just a tough point guard, uh, gets downhill to the rim so great. And, you know, uh, he's going to uh, be in a backcourt with uh, Marcus Smart. And, and then he's got, you know, the other uh, guys that run around him, uh, Jalen Brown and, and so on. Tatum. Uh, Tatum, Jason Tatum. And, uh, and so that's, that's a good landing spot for him, you know, and, and uh, he's actually lucky, in my view, that he got uh, the mid-level exception, $5.9 million, because it looked like he might have to settle for veterans minimum or something uh, after turning down that uh, four-year $80 million extension a year ago. But, uh, but he, landed, he landed in a good spot where he has a chance to uh, thrive, and uh, the Celtics have, uh, have re-signed uh, a bunch of their guys and, and – They'll be solid, and they've got a new coach that I'm interested to see how he's going to do. Ime Odoka came from the Nets staff and, and was a highly touted uh, uh, NBA assistant uh, over the past seven or eight years. And so uh, that's that's going to be a very interesting mix. But, but Schroeder, uh, I, I think it's telling that Brad Stevens, uh, who's you know head of operations now, uh, took a shot on him because – just understanding the level of talent that he's adding uh, to replace Kemba Walker. Before I let you go, Greg, uh, got to talk about the Lakers because the Lakers have been the most active team uh, in, during the offseason. And it, if everything is the same, everybody's healthy and all of that, I, you got to tell me a reason why we're not going to see Brooklyn and the Lakers in the finals. That's that's how everybody sees it. And, uh, and as I see it, that's with good reason. Uh, you know, uh, the Lakers have some, you know, they're, they're, people are making fun of the age of their roster, you know, because they have a lot of old guys. And you wonder, okay, 
Carmelo Anthony didn't even play in the league last year, and now he's coming back at the age of 37. Trevor Ariza is recycled there. He's 36. Uh, even Kent Bazemore, 32. Wayne Ellington, 33. Marcus Gasol, uh, 36. But And Dwight Howard, 35. So these guys, though, when you have that many uh quality guys who know what they're doing and you can put them with LeBron James and Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis uh, you know that's a hell of a lineup and then they got the young kid the Malik Monk who they signed right. and so they're they are loaded as far as I'm concerned I mean talk about a deep lineup they might have they might have the deepest lineup top to bottom uh, of any team in the NBA I mean you do have to wonder, okay, will age matter? Uh, but it might matter in a good way, just because they're all so experienced. But they're going to take time. I, I see them needing time to develop because they hardly have anybody back uh, from last season that, that really is used to playing together. So we're going to have to give them time to uh, develop over the course of the season. But but without a doubt, uh, that that's a, a tremendous roster with a great bench that they can come off with so you're not going to see any drop off there and uh you know a a nets lakers final certainly is what the league would love to see you know that would be a a ratings uh bonanza you know and and actually uh they're going to open the exhibition season uh the nets are are going to set up camp in san diego and uh, when when they break camp, they're going up the road to Los Angeles for an exhibition game against the Lakers. I hmm. think it's on the third to start the uh, to start the campaign, and and that's just kind of the appetizer, you know, just a little taste test. Yeah, well, Kendrick Nunn was another player that we had forgotten. Uh, he he's also a good addition True. to this team. And for my money, nobody works harder than Russell Westbrook. Say what you will about him, this guy goes end to end with the basketball faster than anybody I've ever seen. Uh, and, oh, by the way, this morning it seems pretty clear that Rajon Rondo is going to rejoin the Lakers as well. That's another one. That's another one who uh, that, that's just adds to the depth. I don't know where they're going to find the playing time yeah. for all these guys, frankly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think the only, the only big question is, okay, uh, what will the chemistry be like between Westbrook and LeBron? Uh, because LeBron, you know, he's used to handling the ball so much. And, and so is Westbrook. So, you know, they have to work out those issues. But, uh, you know, what a great what a great problem to have. <laughs> I mean, uh, talk about an embarrassment of riches. Uh, they've really done an amazing job over I, the offseason. Hey, all you got to do is look at what you cover. You know, everybody said that Harden wasn't going to be able to coexist with Irving, won basketball, yada, yada, yada. They worked it out, and the Lakers will too. I agree totally. That's that's the way it goes when when you've got the elite players uh, working together, all with that championship goal in mind, and they're all motivated as heck. There's no doubt about that. Especially Westbrook should be. Uh, training camp's just around the corner, Greg. Enjoy your time off because it's going to be a heck of a season. Thanks again for your time, and you stay safe. Okay, you too, Howard. Thank you, Greg Logan, New York Newsday. We took a bite of the Big Apple with Greg. Uh, we'll, we'll continue with the biting of the Big Apple uh, just a little bit with Eric Borland uh, covers the Yankees, and they have fallen into a little bit of a slump, uh, having lost three in a row. But I don't worry about them. Uh, I really don't. I think they're going to be just fine. 
And if they can win as a wild card, so be it. Uh, I don't think anybody needs to worry about that at all. I'm going to talk to Sean Powell of NBA.com. Hello. There he is. Oh, Sean, how are you? I'm well. How about yourself? Can't complain. Can't complain. What are we like? How many weeks away from the start of ba- basketball training camp? It seems like maybe like next week. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. The, I mean, because you don't enjoy your time off too much, do you? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's so short now. It's almost like it's uh, it, it, it's unusual that uh, in the past I would have like months off. So, you know, I would go somewhere or whatever, have, you know, just a huge block of time. But now it's so short. And now is it so short but it's the NBA 75th anniversary season coming up, so I've actually been working during this time, wow. trying to line up interviews and you know get a schedule going because it's going to be a big season in terms of writing and just presentation and things like that. Plus, I'm a voter for for the All 75th. Let me uh, step aside from the NBA just for a quick comment, uh, and it happened uh, probably in the last couple of hours. But Cam Newton was released by the New England Patriots. Uh, I you know I'm not there, so I don't know. I was stunned, but I talked to Mike Reese, who covers the Patriots for ESPN. He says he was not surprised. So clearly, Belichick, what he saw in the preseason, made it uh, clear to him that Mac Jones get the job done, and I don't think that Cam Newton's going to be out of work very long. Well, a couple of things. First of all, the one thing that none of us see, I mean, us reporters, observers, things like that, we don't see practice. Uh, we don't see what's going on, and... He's had Cam long enough, I think, to have a pretty decent opinion on it. The second thing is that Cam had an injury. Cam can't throw the ball deep anymore. I mean, he's a dump-off uh, a quarterback. It used to be when he first, his first four or five years in the league, I mean, I don't think it, very few quarterbacks could throw longer than Cam Newton, but he can't do that anymore because of the shoulder surgery he had. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Hey, how about maybe he goes back to Carolina? He's going to land. He's not going to be out of work long. I mean, there's, going to, there's so much controversy now about quarterback jobs and so on. But uh, we have you on to talk NBA, and I don't know anybody. They, matter of fact, there isn't anybody that's been more active in the offseason than the Los Angeles Lakers. And with that has come a lot of debates. Is this a good fit for Russell Westbrook and LeBron James? Is this team too old? Uh, and, and all the rest of the discussion, which I know you heard. Uh, look. You got a Carmelo Anthony at 37 years of age who's never won a title. Uh, Dwight Howard who has. Trevor Ariza who hasn't. Uh, and you got a bu- and Russell Westbrook who hasn't. These guys are all hungry. And I don't think any more than I thought that Harden and, and Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn were going to be a problem with one basketball. I don't see this as a problem with Westbrook, with Westbrook and LeBron. Do you? Uh, I don't see it as a problem. Um, you know, I, I think... You know, they've been around long enough, number one. they played against each other long enough, number two. So they know, I mean, you know, these guys are familiar with each other and with their games. I'm talking about LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. That deal doesn't get done unless LeBron signs off on it. So, and I think it's an actually a good, a good pairing because Russ can dominate the ball, as he usually does, have the ball in his hands, and then LeBron can have the ball out of his hand. That's just one less thing LeBron has to do is bring the ball up court. So it's less wear and tear. But, you know, you you also mentioned, you know, the age and the experience. Trevor Reza, by the way, does have a championship. He won with uh, Kobe Bryant in his first tour oh, right. with the Lakers. Right. Uh, but, but Marcus Gasol, you know, another 36-year-old guy who's never won. 
you know, I mean, look, I think for the Lakers, obviously this is a win-now team. Uh, and I think it's a, it, it, there's actually two squads on this Laker team. It's the, you know, the, the aging, not aging, not old, but, you know, the experienced guys. And I don't think you're going to see them play. I don't think you're going to see Russ, Anthony Davis, who's not old, but, you know, he has injury issues, and LeBron. I don't think you're going to see three of them uh, in the same game for more than maybe 15 games, okay? And I think uh, you'll probably mostly see two of them or maybe even one of them. Might be a couple games where none of them play. And, and, and so the other squad, the other squad it, it, it's made up of young players like, you know, Court uh, Tucker, uh, you know, Malik Munn, Kendrick Nunn. Those guys are going to be carrying the load a lot during the regular season. And then once the playoffs begin, then you're going to see LeBron play 40 minutes, uh, AD play 35 minutes, um, Russell Westbrook played 40 minutes. Those guys obviously are not going to miss any games. And the whole thing is keep those guys, along with Dwight Howard and the other agent guys, fresh for the playoffs. The young guys are going to have to do that during the regular season. Do you think that today's description of load management was going to be more prevalent with the Lakers than maybe than anybody else? And I'm talking about uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, if they play 65 to 67 games, uh, is that realistic, or, or am I going down the wrong path? I think, uh, you know, LeBron James is an interesting study here for a couple reasons. Number one, LeBron actually plays. You know, he doesn't really miss that many games, uh, as opposed to some of the other superstars who do, who, who are load management, who are load, load managed, I should say. And by the way, that term came from LeBron James missing games. So it's, it's curious that term was born with LeBron James, but... He's one of the more sturdier superstars. The other thing about LeBron is that he's trying to become the NBA's all-time leading scorer. Well, he's not going to be able to catch Kareem Abdul-Jabbar playing only 50, 55 games. He's going to have to play some games. And if he's going to probably need at least two, two-plus years to catch him at his current pace. And he can't do that if he's low-managed. So that'll be real interesting to see how that all plays out. But with regards to the Lakers and that term, uh, I, I think it fits uh, because, you know, you, you also you add uh, Rajon Rondo in there. Also, we haven't mentioned he joins the, the, you know, the old gang. And I do think their time is going to be spaced. Uh, but when it comes in terms of, you know, who fans want to see, uh, it's really LeBron James, Anthony Davis. And I think that they, you know, fans are hoping and the networks are hoping that those two players aren't load-managed throughout the year. I think when it comes to Anthony Davis, I think he will. Uh, LeBron James, I'm not so sure. I could see that. Uh, Russell Westbrook, for my money, I don't think anybody in the history of this league has ever gone 94 feet dribbling a basketball faster than Russell Westbrook. He puts tremendous pressure on the opposing defense because he can't penetrate. He's not a great outside shooter. We all know that. But... I think he's so excited about being home and being in Los Angeles and playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis and the Lakers and playing in Los Angeles. I mean, a happy guy is a productive guy. Yes. And how many MVPs have been on four teams in four years? You know, you'd have to go back and and check, you know, the MVP list uh, to see how many times, you know, one of their – award winners have bounced around from year to year, like us, Oklahoma City, you know, Houston, Washington, and now the Lakers. 
Uh, I will say that this might be, no, I wouldn't even say might be. I would say that this is his best chance to win a championship. If you go throughout his career, I know he reached the NBA Finals with Oklahoma City, but they were a young team with Harden and Kevin Durant and going up against a big three in Miami. So I think that this is his best chance to win a championship. And it sort of like all fell together for him this year, number one. Uh, you know, he's healthy. He doesn't have any injury issues. Number two, he's back home in Los Angeles. He grew up, uh, you know, not too far from where the Lakers train at El Segundo. Uh, and then number three, he gets to become LeBron James' teammate. And, you know, again, this is a player I'm sure Russ has admired throughout his career and played against. And then, you know, number four, you know, he's he's got some experience. Uh, players around him. He's also has Anthony Davis, and the Lakers will probably be one of the favorites to win a championship. So it's all fall together, you know, right for us. And but see, I think this is the year he must, you know, seize upon it. I mean, the, the, you can't take another year for granted. I mean, I think for the Lakers, given their their ages and their injury history, injury uh, um, history with with some of them, you know, namely Anthony Davis, this might be the year that we'll don't have to do it. Well, Anthony Davis, you know, he was healthy last year, but if ifs and ands were pots and pans, Sean, the world would be a kitchen. We all, we all know last year was about not how many injuries. It was who was injured. It was the Anthony Davis. It was Jamal Murray in Denver. Uh, it was Kyrie Irving. I mean, look, you know, big-name players were injured at inappropriate times. But now if everything stayed the same and, and the injuries were not a big factor, then you got to tell me why Brooklyn and the Lakers is not almost a certainty to be in the NBA Finals. Hey, you know, I can't argue against that. Uh, you know, injuries plus Kevin Durant's uh, shoe size uh, yeah. <laughs> held uh, Brooklyn back from uh, going to the uh, NBA Finals last year and possibly winning it. Uh, so uh, you're right. I think, uh, you know, healthy, all things considered, you know, those two have to be uh, the favorites. But, you know, again, you know, the NBA regular season has become you know, lately, sort of like, a, you know, an obstacle course, uh, you know, a minefield, because players and teams have had to, you know, dodge the potential for injury. Now, Adam Silver will, will argue that, you know, there's no relation to playing 80, 82 games and injury. He says, if you go back in history, you know, a lot of the greats, Carl Malone, Harley missed game. He got, guy was hardly ever injured, same with Michael Jordan. Scotty Pippen and, and the list goes on. So, uh, and he's uh, Adam Silver is totally against you know load management for obvious reasons because it turns fans off and it it annoys the network partners. So, but I think if these teams stay, those two teams you mentioned, Brooklyn and the Lakers, stay healthy. I just you know I, I know there are contenders out there, but I, I just don't see any of them as constituted right now. You know, trades can happen in mid season that can bolster someone else's chances, but right now, I can't see anyone beating those two teams. Well, you know, staying with the Nets, uh, it seems pretty clear that they can't trade DeAndre Jordan. He doesn't have a market. So it's gonna, they're probably going to wind up either buying him out, whatever, and they, you know, they own like $19.7 over the next two years. But I'm sure they've discussed this with Durant and Irving, who are close to him. Uh, but I, I don't see DeAndre Jordan being on this roster. So what do you do with that open roster spot? Uh, roster spot? Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge is out there. He had some health issues last year. Does he come back? Who knows? But I will say this, Sean. The acquisition of Patty Mills, I think, was huge for this team. I agree with regards to Patty Mills. Uh, I think that going into the season, 
uh, that was one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated, uh, off-season addition in the NBA. And for obvious reasons, number one, Patty Mills comes with championship experience. Number two, he's low-maintenance. I mean, this is a guy who just wants to play basketball. He's not into drama or anything like that. Number three, he has proven in the past that he works well with superstars. You know, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, things like that. So he'll work well with, you know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden. I don't think there's any problem there. I see a smooth transition. Here's a guy who could just come off the bench and just let it fly. He can spell Kyrie Irving. He even step in for Kyrie Irving and start if Kyrie, you know, wants to be load management and, and things like that. I just think from a mindset standpoint, an experience standpoint, and also from a talent standpoint, it's an outstanding acquisition. As far as DeAndre Jordan, first of all, the Nets should have never signed him anyway. They just did that as a favor to Kevin Durant. I mean, first of all, he didn't fit. At the time, he wasn't even their best center, okay? So they're paying for that mistake. But I, I'm not so sure they're going to be, you know, on pins and needles trying to look for his replacement. I mean, even the center spot with the Nets, it just really doesn't matter that much. I mean, with those three, with the scoring, the perimeter scoring, and the playmaking of their three stars, I mean, the center's not even going to touch the ball. They just need somebody to grab some rebounds. <laughs> and really, that's about it. And, and of course, play some defense uh, and, and be sort of like a rim presence at the other end. But I just think a center is really a secondary concern with the Nets. Uh, when you look at the two teams that had the best record in the league last year, Philadelphia in the East, Utah in the West, uh, I'll, I'll deal with Utah in a second. I don't think Philadelphia, not only do I think they're they're going to be in the number one position this year, but I think they, they may suffer a drop. And I don't know what, what they're going to do. I talked to Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I said, Keith, if Ben Simmons is on the 76ers, will we be shocked? Well, not so much. He goes, no, I would be stunned because they're, they're shopping him all over the place. But let's face it, Sean, his trade value has been diminished. Uh, and I just, the Philadelphia fans are tough, you know that. Uh, they, I can't see them being happy with having him in a Sixer uniform. You, you know, I'm a, I have to say that I'm mildly surprised by people who think Ben Simmons will not be on the Sixers at opening night. I, I totally go the other way. I think he's going to be on the roster. And for the sole reason that if he hasn't been traded by now, obviously nobody is offering what the Sixers want for him. Uh, so I, I just don't get it. I mean, people are like, oh, there's no way he's going to be. No, no, I actually think he's going to be on that team. First of all, and, and, you know, look, I get it. We focused on, you know, the last champ, the, the, the last playoff round they get, they had. And when he passed with the layup, all that stuff was magnified. I get it. I get it. But Ben Simmons is an all-star. He's a heck of a defensive player, a very good playmaker, spots teammates on the floor and things like that. Yes, he needs to work on his shooting, and I think he's addressing that here in the offseason. But the Sixers not just going to give away a player like that. Plus, he's under contract for the next four years. That's valuable. You know, I mean, look, they don't have to worry about negotiating with him and things like that. And nobody and people are offering you 40 cents on the dollar for a, a guy like that. The Sixers are just not going to give him away. They can give him away, and they'll be in a worse position than, than, than if they kept him. I think in this situation, the Sixers are just going to hope that Ben Simmons has addressed those weaknesses here in the offseason, and he's going to go about trying to resolve them. I mean, otherwise, they're just not going to give him up for some player who's going to be the third or fourth best player on the Sixers roster and you, you know you may win in the short term 
But in the long term, your team has taken a step back. You've been around the New York market long enough to understand that when Nick fans get a little something to chew on, they go hog wild. The addition of Kemba Walker obviously is a very positive one for the Knicks. Let's put aside the fact that he's missed 55 games the last two years. Uh, if healthy, and he's got that balky knee, if healthy, he makes the Knicks better. There's no question because that was their goal during the offseason. We need a point guard. Well, they got one in Kemba Walker. The good news for them is that with Derrick Rose and Emmanuel quickly, at least they have depth at that position. Uh, but having said all of that, uh, I don't know that the Knicks, uh, who finished fourth last year, are certain to finish there again. They're going to have to deal with Atlanta. Miami now with Kyle Lowry. Uh, and I think Miami becomes more, you know, more like the Miami team we remember from two years ago rather than last year. Yeah, I said all along that I thought last year was a was a good year for the Knicks, but a little bit of an overblown year. Uh, they caught some teams at the right moment. Uh, some teams that would normally be in that situation, like Boston, Indiana, you know, you would think that they would have been in that spot, but because they had injuries or or a lot of other issues, they weren't there. So I think the Knicks seized advantage of that. And like I said, I would not be surprised if the Knicks don't make the playoffs. Uh, next season, and it's no slap against the Knicks and and uh, Kemba Walker and you know all the players you mentioned. I just think the Hawks are going to be better. I think the Miami Heat going to be better. I think the the Pacers going to be better. They get TJ Warren back. They didn't have him pretty much all last season. I think the Charlotte Hornets are going to be improved. You know they're going to be better. Uh, Chicago Bulls they're going to be better. I, I mean I don't see how the Knicks vastly improve their team. And, I, and, and the teams that I mentioned, I think they all improved their team better than the Knicks did. And you know, Kemba Walker, he's a good player, but he's hurt. And his jump shot, at least with Boston, sort of disappeared. Otherwise, the Knicks didn't really add much of value for the, to that team. And that's why I, would, I wouldn't be shocked if, they, if, you know, come April, they're in a play-in situation and they're fighting for their playoff life. Uh, I, you didn't mention Boston. Uh, Dennis Schroeder goes to Boston. Now, I know you don't want, you don't want him to do your taxes. I get that. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, if he behaves himself, and he's had issues in previous spots, uh, I think he can be a, a, a big help to the Celtics. Yeah, the, the only thing about that situation that, I, um, that makes me uneasy is when you have a guy who's most likely going to come to camp you know, pretty upset. You know, feeling that he didn't get his money, he's got to prove himself, and he's basically on a one-year deal. I mean, to me, that you know, if I'm a coach, I'm a franchise, I'm a little uneasy about that because now is he going to stick with the team concept? Is he going to play within the, the? You know, he's got two better players on that team. You know, Jalen uh, Jalen Brown. Uh, you know, also, uh, you know, I, I just, it, I mean, to me. I hope he comes in with the right attitude. He's not all for himself. He's not trying to play for the money and things like that. And he stays within the team concept. And that's the thing that makes me uneasy, given his history, uh, you know, where he was uh, with the Lakers at times, with his approach, Oklahoma City. And, uh, you know, even if you want to go back to Atlanta, even with Atlanta. But how does Jason Tatum handle that? How does Jalen Brown handle that? If he comes in and he's all about get, trying to get his money. 
Great point. No, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I might be shocked if the Knicks don't get into at least the play-in. But that aside, uh, I'll tell you a team that might be kind of fun. Uh, they made the playoffs last year, got knocked out in the first round. That's Washington because they are the beneficiaries of the, the Westbrook trade to the point of where now they have Kyle Kuzma, uh, Caldwell Pope, uh, Montrez Harrell, and Spencer Dinwiddie. And that's, that, to me, is the biggest part of this. If Spencer Dinwiddie returns to where he was two years ago at the net uh, with Brooklyn, they got themselves something. They're going to be kind of fun to watch. And Wesley Unsell Jr. coaching his team, uh, I think they're going to be kind of enjoyable. You know, I kind of agree with you. I mean, they've had sort of like an under-the-radar. Oh, I forgot Bradley Beal. Very good offseason. Because, you know, now they have depth. You know, I I do agree. I'm a big Spencer Dinwiddie fan. And I think you put him and Bradley Beal in the backcourt. You know, there's some scoring there. Uh, And, you know, Thomas Bryant now, who, who really was hurt most of last year, you have him and Daniel Gafford in the middle. Uh, you know, I think that's something. Kyle Kuzma, you know, small forward. The, the Corey Kispert kid, by the way, the rookie they, they drafted, I think he's going to be pretty good. He had a good um, summer league. You have uh, Hachimura, um, you know, KCP. So they have depth. You know, they've got a decent starting five, and they've got probably about three or four, uh, two or three decent players coming off the bench. I think they can surprise if things fall their way. The, the, the big question with them, obviously, is what do they do with Bradley Beal? And that's always a question. That's been a question for the last couple of years. Do you keep him? Or is he better for your franchise if you trade him and you obtain more assets? So uh, they're going to have to make a decision pretty soon because this is the last year of Bradley Beal's contract. I know he has an option for the following year. And if they don't trade him by the deadline, they're pretty much locked into giving him an extension. And he's probably going to ask for a Supermax uh, if he's eligible for that. That's a lot of money to tie in one player who has proven an inability to take his team, you know, very far, very deep into the season or really into the playoffs. I think there's one player, uh, and it's always, there's been a lot of rumors about it, and, uh, and that's Damian Lillard. Uh, I don't know how his relationship is with Chauncey Billups, the new coach. I imagine they've had several discussions. Do you expect Damian Lillard to be a trailblazer come the opening of the season? You know, again, I go back to the same thing I said about Ben Simmons. If he hasn't been traded by now, I don't think he's going to get traded. Um, You very rarely see trades like the week before training camp. You know, teams are pretty much locked in their rosters after summer league. And those trades are usually going to be made, you know, before then, so uh, I look. I mean, Damian Lillard is a fantastic player, obviously, a clutch player, obviously. Uh, hasn't been to the NBA Finals, you know, and I think it's no no big fault of his. I just think that uh, for a long time in Portland, you know, it's just been him and CJ McCollum, and they really haven't had that third wheel. Uh, I, if he's unhappy, okay, but you know. He wants out, okay, but they're just not going to give him away. It's the same thing with Ben Simmons. They're just not going to give a player like that away, okay? And, I, I look, do I think his team is drastically better this year than they were last year? No, I mean, Larry Nance was a nice pickup, but, I, you know, I, I just don't see in a deep west. I, I don't see them challenging for anything. And, and I think with regards to Dane, you know, dude's going to be making $39 million a year. You know, that, that, that's a, and I get it. He's a competitor. The money's not everything, but he's well compensated and, you know, he's adored in Portland and, you know, he needs to look at the way Giannis 
stayed in Milwaukee. You know, didn't go jump to a super team or anything like that. Said he's going to win it for a small market town, and he did. And Dame said for a long time that he wants to do something like that. You know, is he going to change his tune? Well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Let me ask uh, Sean Powell uh, from NBA.com. Let's talk about the West in terms of supremacy. Uh, Denver missed, obviously, Jamal Murray. Uh, he, if he's healthy, maybe things would have been different uh, for them last year. But having said that, uh, I still expect Denver to be relevant. Uh, top four team in the West. Is Utah still going to be the best team in the West record-wise? Uh, or is Phoenix, after one year of, of going to the finals, are they ready to take over the top spot in the West? How do you read it? And they pick up JaVel McGee. Yeah, you know, I can tell you who will not be trying for the best record in the West. The Lakers won't because they'll just low manage your team. They don't care. The best record doesn't mean anything to them. Right. They, they don't care about home, whatever. I think it, I, I look at the teams, some of those teams you mentioned that it would mean a lot to. It mean a lot to Utah. I know they got it last year and they didn't get to the finals or anything, but I think it meant a lot to them. I think it would mean a lot to Phoenix and I think it would mean a lot to Denver. I, I think a lot depends on Jamal Murray. Uh, when he comes back, how good he is, how quickly they can pick back up. And if, if in a best-case scenario, I could see Denver uh, rising up and becoming the best, you know, team in the regular season in the West, for whatever that means, you know. I mean, yeah, it gives you home court advantage throughout the playoffs, but it doesn't mean you're the best team, you know. It means you basically work the hardest during the regular season to get that perk. And then we'll see what happens because, again, it didn't help Utah out uh, at all. And, uh, you know, because they won, they finished that game ahead of Phoenix for the best record in the uh, in the West yeah. last year. And Phoenix went to the NBA Finals. Let so me, I, would, I would say that. Let me ask you this. Um, uh, in terms of uh, the quiet lack of news that we have gotten from the Clippers about Kawhi, what are you hearing? Anything about when he might return to play? Yeah, I'm not hearing anything. Uh, you know, with Kawhi, you don't hear anything. Uh, his camp keeps things pretty tight. But, I mean, we can just assume that if he does come back, it's, it's going to be late in the season. Um, and knowing Kawhi's not only uh, injury history, by the way, but also by the way he approaches injuries, I don't see him playing at all next year. Really? I think he's going to wait till the year. Oh, yeah, because this is a guy who, you know, if you look at the way he handled himself and with the Spurs, you know, leaving the team with squad and, you know, with Toronto ne never playing back-to-backs, even with the Clippers never really playing back-to-backs or anything like that, having a heavy schedule. I just think in this situation, he's just going to basically just take his time, and I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if he sat the entire season. Well, that's surprising to me. So, look, Paul George uh, had been given a lot of knocks, and, and I'll be standing up right up front and saying that I was one of them. But having said that, I thought he did a hell of a job in keeping his team afloat in the postseason last year. The question is, is that going to be enough without Kawhi Leonard? I don't think it's going to be enough for them to win a championship, call themselves a championship contender. It'll be enough for them to make the playoffs. It'll probably be enough for them to get to maybe, I think the ceiling would probably be the conference final. And that's only if things fall right. I think the challenge for Paul George this season, assuming that Kawhi Leonard doesn't play, is to be that player that he was in Oklahoma City when he finished, what, top three in the MVP voting. And he averaged something like 28 points a game and was very good next to Russell Westbrook. And I think he's capable of doing that. I mean, he's got his, 
you know, he, he has his contract extension. He doesn't have to worry about money. He's going to get the ball a lot. He's going to see a lot of good looks and everything. Uh, you know, I think that uh, he's going to have a good season. But without Kawhi Leonard, I don't see them winning a championship. I think it's fair to say now, after what we saw last year in the playoffs, after what we saw in the Olympics, Kevin Durant's the best player on the planet, with all due respect to Giannis. Yes or no? Oh, boy. You, that is a great, great question. Um, I'm going to say no. Okay. And, and, and here's why I say no. Kevin Durant cannot compare with Giannis on the defense of that. Can't compare. You saw that in the NBA Finals. When this guy, his blocks, you know, his feet up. I mean, he basically changed the game defensively. I know he did. I know, yeah, he closed out with with the fifty piece and all that. That's fine. But way this guy played defense and handled the boards and intimidated the Suns defensively in ways that you know that don't show up on the stat sheet. Kevin Durant can't. He can't impact the game. Kevin Durant can only impact the game one way, and that's scoring. And that's a heck of a way. And he's a clutch player and all that. I give him that. But he is not the defensive player that Giannis is. Well, we differ on a couple of things, but, you know, I wrote them down. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit before the start of the season. Thanks, as always, Sean. Appreciate it, and stay safe. Hey, anytime. I appreciate it. Thanks. He's Sean Powell of NBA.com. <laughs> yeah, I disagree with He says that the Knicks won't make the playoffs. I don't agree with that. Uh, I think that Kevin Durant is the best player on the planet. And I don't see any way that Brooklyn and the Lakers are not in the finals. You want to talk about a ratings bonanza? Oh. My, oh, my, oh, my. That would be, I think it'd be great for the NBA because you don't have a shortage of star power. That's for sure. And I, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be fun. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube